Good morning, everyone. Today is the 20th of September. My name is Lorna Denny, and I'm joined by Seamus Lyons and Alex Byrne. It was a fairly downbeat week, with financial markets largely in wait-and-see mode ahead of the Federal Reserve meeting this week. Japan continued its strong outperformance, though, in anticipation of a new leader for the ruling LDP party, whereas in China, both industrial production and retail sales failed to match up to forecasts. But in the US, the headline CPI inflation number came in largely as forecast, Seamus. Indeed. Good morning, Lorna. Yeah, so on Tuesday, the Labour Department reported that their monthly inflation figure for August. So the headline consumer price index, the CPI, that rose 0.3% month on month in August, and the core index, which excludes the more volatile food and energy components, that ticked up a smaller 0.1% month on month. These are still showing quite strong figures on a one-year basis. So the headline rate is 5.3 year on year and the core rate is 4.4. But they're also showing these August figures were well below expectations. So the expectations were for a 0.3 increase in the core figure for September and a 0.1% gain actually was the smallest gain we've seen in this figure since February. So you saw those declines in airfares and used car prices. These actually drove much of the shortfall in the September print. So almost topping out in those inflation numbers, how are they expected to develop? Yes, obviously this has been much focused on by the market in recent months. So the softness of the August number supports the view that the spate of these high month-on-month inflation readings that we saw earlier in the year, that that might well be behind us. In fact, several of the CPI categories that had strong increases earlier in the year, these experiences uh, price declines in August. A lot of this can be attributed principally to the price level normalization in sectors that had experienced large pandemic-induced price swings. But at the same time, you know, the August print could be affected in some ways as well by the recent spread of the Delta variant. And this has been weighing on consumer demand in the travel entertainment sector. So definitely quite interesting. There's a number of factors there. But Alex, in the Eurozone, the CPI inflation hit a decade high for August. Morning, Lorna. Correct, a decade high, but we can probably all agree it's been a fairly unusual decade. So the number accelerated to 3% from 2.2% last month. Uh, it was also ahead of its 2.7% expectation and obviously well clear of the ECB's 2% target. Main increases came from energy and food, as they have been a good few months now, as well as industrial goods. The market didn't really see too much of this, though, remained pretty unmoved and passing off continuing on its rhetoric of it being a temporary glitch in the inflation because of the recovery and the reopening. But we were given a glimpse of the European Central Bank's longer-range inflation forecast. We were, and that probably is the more important bit to talk about, really. So the unpublished ECB forecast for inflation hit 2% in just over two years, which indicates an interest rate hike about a year earlier than expected. So this is a pretty big change from what they expected was, which means rate rises could come just over two years away. It makes the next 24 months pretty interesting, but probably quite uncomfortable given the mandate that the bank is unlikely to change and we may well get uh, quite big swings in inflation both up and down. So the increase in volatility for the market is one thing that we would expect but it certainly makes the ECB's mandate pretty uncomfortable. The expectation for the inflation number to peak in November potentially on this number specifically the ECB had only just raised its forecasts only for this number to beat it again. Again the rhetoric and the, the rationale being that the temporary bottlenecks and the reopening of the main factors with moderation in this number coming next year, hopefully. The key thing remains, however, that although this rationale sits well from a textbook perspective, it still remains a real drag on the overall economy. 
That is interesting because it brings the ECB more into line with market expectations for the Fed to raise rates in 2023 or even very late in 2022. Seamus, we have the September Fed meeting to look forward to this week. Any major policy announcements on the cards? Yes, so actually many expect this September meeting to be a bit more eventful than recent Fed meetings. Many recall that the last big update at the Jackson Hole Symposium was a bit of a damn squid in terms of any interesting snippets for markets. So for this meeting, people are expecting a statement that more clearly tee up the November meeting to announce the start of tapering in the US. So they won't announce tapering at this meeting, but the wording is going to clearly set it up for an announcement at the next meeting, which will occur in November. The Fed's also expected to provide more clarity on the committee's views on the timing and the pace of liftoff in 2022 and beyond. This is related to the Fed dot plots. Again, many think that the median dot plot will actually show that you'll see interest rate rises by the end of 2022. And this is up from no hikes that have been shown at the last meeting in June. Also in September, the Fed will roll forward their, their forward horizon for next year, which will bring into the picture 2024. So now it's looking like you might well see six rate hikes cumulatively between now and the end of 2024. So I think it's going to be quite an interesting meeting for markets. Yes, it could be quite a key pivot point there for the Fed. Also next week, we get the first indications or known as the flash PMIs for the US. It looks like an improvement is forecast for September. Yeah, so the flash services and manufacturing PMIs for September, they'll be released on Thursday. Expectations are for a big jump in the manufacturing PMI to a figure of around 60. This is a nice rise relative to the August reading. So if you look at regional manufacturing surveys that have been released so far in September, these are showing a firming kind of picture relative to August. So it's, it's why it supports a stronger flash PMI figure there. On the services side, it's a bit more mixed. I expect it to come in around a similar level to August, which is around 55. Because there again, the regional surveys released so far in September have showed more mixed data and certainly softening in certain components. So that one probably not as strong as on the manufacturing side. Thank you for that. And Alex, at the end of the week on Sunday, we have a general election in Germany. Is this likely to result in a new coalition? We do. The basic answer is who knows. Because of how dispersed the parties are, it's, it's a very broad field with most parties equally polling, no party anywhere near an overall majority by itself. So it'll be some kind of coalition, but the mix of coalition is very varied and, and pretty up in the air. I think the big bullet point to be aware of is that Merkel's CDU party, obviously she's not standing at this election, the CDU party are falling in polls considerably. So since February, they've been down from a high of 36% polling to 21% now and they're continuing to fall. There's unlikely to be a result on the night, so volatility obviously slightly higher, again, given that dispersed nature of the voting and the parties overall. Another key bullet point to be aware of is the chances for a more left-leaning coalition are increased this time around, I would say. Um, so that obviously has a knock-on effect on increasing spending and a more open nature to Germany in terms of its fiscal ability, although one of the parties in some of those coalitions slightly against that. Another key thing is probably that the Greens are likely to return to power. There's only one realistic option where they're out of the picture, which is the, the main centre-right and centre-left party forming this grand coalition, which is what we've got today. But you're likely to hear a lot of jargon, things like Kenya, Jamaica, Kiwi, which in turn is all about the, the colours of the parties and what they make up. So the general synopsis is that very difficult to try and estimate what the overall result's going to be, but there's a few potentials that are raising which are well to be aware of. So we could be in a position to give early indications this time next week, but in the meantime, Meantime, it should be an interesting week. And thank you both very much indeed. Thank you, Lorna. Thank you, Lorna.